I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandiesfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. The new year is here and our resolutions are too, but focusing on our self-care and wellness should always be the focus no matter the time of year. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce a special series on The Brandies Female over the next few weeks. Presented by Atleta, this series of conversations features women who embody different aspects of wellness, from sports to mental health and more, and by the same token, who empower women and girls everywhere. In support of Atleta's commitment to help women and girls ignite their limitless potential, they've partnered with Toronto Six, Canada's only women's professional hockey team. This partnership truly boosts visibility of women's sports and female athletes, which in turn will increase mentorship opportunities and positively impact the next generation of girls. Toronto Six joins the likes of Simone Biles and Alison Felix as athletes who have partnered with Atleta. I'm a huge admirer of Atleta's dedication to uncompromising product perfection. Their beautiful, technical, and sustainable clothing supports women and girls in every aspect of our lifestyles, from yoga and training to travel and even sleep. To top things off, Atleta is a certified B Corp and 70% of their products are made using sustainable materials. Shop Atleta at atleta.gapcanada.ca and visit Atleta stores at Vancouver's Park Royal or at Toronto's Yorkdale Mall. And follow them on Instagram at Atleta. This week, my guest is Monica Rufo, founder of Welltold Health. A serial entrepreneur with passion for health and wellness, she had a prolific career in the advertising agency world when she received a diagnosis of aggressive breast cancer. Throughout her 18 months of cancer treatment, she put her passion for health and wellness to work on herself, researching every aspect of her lifestyle and treatment options, and advocating strongly for both traditional and natural treatments. As a result, she fared extremely well during and after cancer treatment, and she uncovered what she felt was a huge gap in the market. The more digging she did, the more she realized that most natural health products are not natural at all. As she continued her quest to better understand the industry, she successfully completed a certificate in plant-based nutrition from Cornell University and decided to found Well-Told Health. Here is our conversation. Monica, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. And I'm a big fan of your brand, Well Told Health. I love the love the branding, love the products, um, and we're going to get to talk about that and the how and why behind your brand. Before we get to that, I like to go back in time a little bit um, and ask you: Growing up as a as a young girl, what did you imagine you'd be doing? Uh, you know, for a career later in life, did you ever think you'd become an entrepreneur? I know you've also had a career. Uh, in media and advertising or, or you know, in, in agency before, uh, before becoming an entrepreneur. So was any of this on your radar or were you thinking of doing something completely different at that point? Um, that's a really good question. I haven't actually thought back to when I was a little girl in quite a while. I think when I was like really a little girl, so still in grade school, I actually thought that I would go into journalism. Um, I was really interested in uncovering 
secrets and publishing them and that kind of thing. And so in its own strange way, that kind of is what we're doing with Well Told Health. It's even in the name. And I'd never really stopped to think about that. Um, but I think the, the desire to be an entrepreneur, um, even though I probably wouldn't have necessarily formulated that when I was a small child, um, also came very much when I was a small child. So uh, my grandmother was very much an, uh, an inspiration to me, my mother's mother, and she was a, an entrepreneur at a time when women really were not entrepreneurs, and she did it really well for herself. And so in many ways, she inspired me um, to do a, um, to have the courage, I guess, to go out on my own. Mm. And you answered one of what was going to be one of my next questions, which is, you know, were there women role models around you? And you've answered that by talking about your grandmother, but more recently, so maybe, you know, even as you joined the, the you know, the working world and, and along your professional career, were there women that stood out for you, you know, that you, you maybe can think of as inspiration today? Yeah, well, I mean, I think for the longest time, the answer would have been no. Um, the advertising world that I evolved in was very male dominated. And mm. I did find a lot of very inspiring people, but they were all men. Um, so right. I did have some really terrific mentors. Um, but in the last chapter, uh, right before I started uh, Well Told, um, I actually did work for a very brief time for someone who is incredibly inspiring named Linda Sawyer, um, who's probably one of the most powerful women in advertising. And she actually has become a really good friend. She's actually on the board of our company today. And she very much um, inspired me. Yes. Mm, that's amazing. Um so diving into that, you've spent time in the advertising world. You just, you know, called out the, the male-dominated aspect. And I'm curious to know, as a, as a woman, you know, making headway and breaking that glass ceiling, what was your experience like? And, you know, you've spent, I, I, I don't know exactly how many years, but I know it's been, uh, you know, probably over a decade. Yeah. Um, what kind of change did you see in the industry? Because, you know, I think we are seeing a movement towards more equity and equality in the workplace. I'm curious to know what your experience was in the advertising world specifically. Well, I think it's changed a lot, um, but I think, you know, it, there's still a way to go. And I don't know that advertising is really any different from any other industry, mm -hmm. um, but I think there has been, there has been a lot of change. Like when I started, I kind of had this philosophy, which is kind of crazy, which is basically that, you know, I had to do everything perfectly because mm. the, 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 you know, the deck was stacked, not in my favor. And so right. I really had to excel over and over and over again, just to kind of reach a point of um, being equitable to mm. a lot of people who were uh, men. And so I think that has changed. There is definitely an effort to include women and, you know, women, people of color, like all kinds of different um, uh, minorities and so on. But I don't think we're we're there yet, for sure not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and I, I would I would agree with you. And I want to ask about the transition from you, you know, leaving the advertising world, wanting to start your own brand. And I know there is a health you know, story, there's a, mm -hmm. there's a, there's a health issue that m basically put you on that path. So I'd love to hear about what that was like. And I know, uh, you know, it, it was, it, it involves battling cancer for you. Uh, so in your own words, I'd love to know where 
you know, how that transition took place and what it meant in your life and eventually bringing you to want to create Well Told. Yeah, for sure. So I I had actually gone out on my own uh, before I founded Well Told. I had started okay. an agency. Mm-hmm. Um, and that agency was acquired by Interpublic Group, which is one of the big holding companies of advertising agencies. And through that acquisition, I'd become the a Canadian CEO of one of the divisions. And so I, I actually thought my life and my career were going along pretty well um, at that time. And then I got a diagnosis of a really aggressive form of breast cancer that really stopped me in my tracks. Um, mm, there's no I'm breast sorry. cancer in my family. And I wasn't really in the target age group. There was sort of like nothing that would have made me think, you know, hey, I would ever get that kind of a diagnosis. So it made me start to question everything about my life and my lifestyle. And I'd already been interested in health from a food and a fitness perspective, but I started to look at other aspects of my life. And what I looked at were the supplements that I was taking that I had at home. And I realized that I couldn't read the labels. So that was my first kind of aha moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, wow, I spent all this time, you know, really paying attention to the labels of the food products I'm buying. And I never really stopped to read these labels. So I went to a pharmacy and I asked the pharmacist what I thought was going to be a really simple question. I said, you know, I'm looking for really clean supplements. I'm going through chemotherapy. I want nothing but clean things in my body. Can you tell me which products you have on your shelf are completely natural? And so she didn't really know, but she came out from behind her counter and she started looking at all the products with me. And after a few minutes, she said, you know, I'm really sorry. I can't help you. I have no idea what these products are made from. Wow. Like, right? How bananas is that? How is it that a pharmacist does not know what these products are made from, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So Not surprising now, but still. Not surprising now, but mm-hmm. I thought it was crazy too. And so that was definitely the genesis moment for this company, Um, I figured I'm not the only one out there who actually wants to have completely clean supplements that I'm putting into my body. Um, And so I founded Well Told Health um, with really a view to use nothing but organic um, plant-based ingredients. So no synthetics and no fillers, um, just therapeutic doses of organic plants. Um, So yeah, that's the story. Well, and I mean, and also congratulations for, you know, winning your battle against breast cancer. Um, That's also a huge accomplishment. Uh, In addition to turning this into a positive and then creating your brand. um, I want to ask you about your take on wellness before you received that diagnosis, before you launched Well Told, and then what changed for you when you considered the the concept of wellness in general? Mm -hmm. That's a really good question too. You have good good questions. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think I, I I perceived wellness before really as you know around two pillars, which were food and fitness, mm-hmm. um, which I think are very critical pillars. But the the pillar that I've really discovered since then and really gotten more into is more of sort of the I don't know if you want to call it the spiritual side or the mindfulness side of wellness. Yeah and stress management and everything that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I've, I've really focused on a lot more and it's made a really significant change in my life. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, yeah, I can see that. And I've, I've had the same experience. So what are things today that in addition to consuming well-told supplements, obviously, what are things today that are part of your life and your routine uh, that maybe, you know, you weren't including in the past? Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I, I actually meditate every day now. Um, and I really like, and it's a good, you know, 45 minute meditation. I usually do it, um, in the afternoon at some point, either around lunch hour or or late in the day, Mm -hmm. especially if I know I'm going to have to work in the evening. So that's something I've really incorporated. It was really hard for me to learn how to meditate. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I think just because of who I am, like I can be very much in my head, and it was hard for me to turn off my brain. It's still really mm-hmm. hard. Um, it feels like it's a bit of a wild horse that goes off into different directions. But I did end up taking a course to learn how to meditate because I, I, I wasn't getting there on my own. And that was really transformational. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something I really do every day. And I can, it makes a huge difference in my life. So I want to talk about your, you know, the process of launching Well Told and um, how was that experience? I mean, you had worked in branding and advertising before, yeah. so, you know, you knew a few things about that, obviously. Um, were, was there anything that seemed, you know, something you hadn't planned for, something that was maybe an obstacle you didn't foresee, uh, you know, would be on your road uh, when, when you started building the brand? I mean, everything was an obstacle. <laughs> um, you're right. I knew about, you know, branding and marketing, but now we're, we make stuff, right? Yeah. Like we make mm-hmm. stuff and the stuff has to work and you need Health Canada approvals and you need a logistics center and fulfillment and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, everything about that was a new experience. And mm-hmm. um, in its own way, it wasn't so much the learning of it that was difficult. It was you know, finding all the right partners to surround myself with, especially at the beginning, like creating an ecosystem of people and partners and everything who could help take this um, off the ground because I didn't have the experience to do it on my own. Certainly not. Um, so I think that was probably the the biggest obstacle. And I think for sort of from a psychological standpoint, um, today everybody's like, oh, you know, you're pro- you're you know, it's great and all this, but at the time before it was real, before people could actually touch and see a bottle and see, it's like, oh, it's a Chopper's Drug Mart now and stuff. Um, there were so many naysayers, you know, people mm-hmm. who were like, oh, you know, this is what I, I don't see what the idea is here, or, you know, you're never going to be able to do that profitably or, you know, any number mm-hmm. of, of things. And, that really creates um, a lot of angst because um, you really have to believe in it as an entrepreneur and your idea, which is just a thought, it's nothing concrete. And you have to sort of push, you have to listen to feedback, but also push all that negativity away. So that mm-hmm. creates an obstacle too. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise. And they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. 
TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. Our special wellness conversation series is brought to you by Atleta. Atleta is designed for mothers, daughters, sisters, and friends of all ages that are leading active lifestyles. Whether you're on the go, seeking inner balance and wellness for yourself, or taking part in an active life that involves friends, school, and sports, Atleta has the clothes you need to keep moving. I love that Atleta offers clothing in sizes XXS to 3X and works to create the best product and shopping experience for all bodies. Shop Atleta at atleta.gapcanada.ca, visit Atleta at Vancouver's Park Royal or at Toronto's Yorkdale Mall, and follow them on Instagram at Atleta. And what's your take on, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm someone who takes a lot of supplements, like I, I, I believe in it, I see the value, I've seen the impact, but what's, how, how do you recommend incorporating, you know, supplements and, and, and the kind of products that you sell at Welltold um, into, you know, a, a health or self-care wellness regimen What's your, you know, in, in your view, what's the optimal way of integrating them into our holistic approach to our own health? Um, sure. So our products are very benefit oriented. Um, so we don't provide multivitamins. We don't really believe in multivitamins. There's no one size fits all. So I right. think when it comes to supplementation, you know, the best approach is first to figure out like where you're at at any moment in your life, because what you need today is not necessarily what you're going to need tomorrow. So, mm-hmm. you know, what would make the biggest difference to your quality of life and your happiness? Would that be, you know, a, a stress fighter? Is it, do you have trouble sleeping? Do you have energy issues? Um, do you have issues with your skin? Um, do you have some sort of chronic pain that needs addressing? So kind of first stepping into yourself and seeing what your priorities are and then, you know, finding the supplement that, that matches what you need at that moment in time. Like there's no, and it sounds really basic, but that's really what it is. And supplements do, you know, they can kick in within a day or two for some people, but usually you do have to take them with some consistency to really start to see the difference. Right. So being patient with them is important too. And then when you started building your, your network, um, how difficult was it or how maybe it was easy? I'm just assuming it was difficult, but uh, what was the process of getting the brand known and, you know, become a trusted? And it, it's interesting what you brought up, the story of going to a pharmacy and then there were all these supplements on the shelves and the pharmacist couldn't say what was in them. So how, how did you address that, right? Building a name for your company, building trust, but also having kind of the right information so people understood that this product was different and what else was on the market? Yeah. I mean, again, it's just a great question. So, you know, the name of our company is well told health yeah, and yeah. transparency and, you know, helping to educate consumers on, you know, the different aspects of supplements are really key to who we are. And, you know, I think that this was one of the things where, you know, as much as there were obstacles that were unforeseen, there were some extraordinary things that happened too that were unforeseen. And the biggest unforeseen extraordinary thing that happened is, Um, we got so much love out of the gate for this company. So we mm-hmm. launched the company and right out of the gate, you know, we got so much press, everything and, and on both sides of the border. So everything from like Forbes and Vogue magazine mm-hmm. and fortune and on this side of the border, you know, CBC and uh, Canadian living. And in Quebec, there was like Coupe and Chatelaine and all this. So it was really 
kind of crazy. It was coming out of everywhere and that helped to anchor us in a form of credibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also made retailers start to reach out to us and ask us if we would be on their shelves, which is really unheard of as I'm sure, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that really accelerated everything. But I, you know, this, this, uh, the well-told side of, you know, our company, which we like to say, we're always well-told that's an all, that's an ongoing thing, right? It, there's no, there's no end to educating people on the different um, aspects, not just specifically of our products, but just in general, right? Mm. There's so much to know and there's so much misinformation, unfortunately. So it's something we do all the time. Um, mm. And as soon as we launched, we just launched in the U.S. Um, a couple of months ago. We're now available, <laughs> excuse me, at CVS in the U.S., uh, CVS Health Hub. Congratulations. That's Thank fantastic. You. Um, so that's a whole new huge market to start yeah. to have that same messaging in. So it's just an ongoing process. It's part of what makes it, you know, fun. Um, we've obviously been facing a pandemic for the past two years or so. Um, how's that, you know, has that affected your plans for the business or, you know, certain parts of the business? And But, you know, on the other side, I do find that generally speaking, there's been kind of more conversations around wellness and self-care and probably as a result of this huge mental health crisis that we're facing, you know, because of the pandemic. Um, so where where does that, uh, you know, how, how has it affected po- positively and negatively uh, the development of your of your brand? I mean, it's, it's affected every part of our business. So on the more negative side, you know, the supply chain issues right now that everyone's facing around the world are really, Definitely. really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we stockpile our ingredients to make sure we don't run out, especially critical things yeah. um, or harder to find ingredients. But still, like that part of it is really painful. Um, you know, delivery now has gotten so much longer um, to get things shipped. Uh, we had a shipment leave from BC in November and it got here like two weeks ago because first there was a flood and then there was a something else and something else. So that part of it has made doing business, especially when you make stuff, which we make stuff like really tough. Mm-hmm. Um but on the on the flip side, you know, it really has opened people's minds to wellness in a in a bigger mm-hmm. way. Um, it's helped us grow our online business a lot more mm-hmm. than we would have thought, or a lot faster because people are ordering. Um, we launched on Amazon also two months ago, and that's going like exponentially better than we ever would have thought. So. You know, I think there is an open-mindedness right now. You know, having a wellness company during a pandemic is not a, a bad place to be. Like, I feel mm-hmm. grateful for this every day. Obviously, no one can plan for this kind of thing, but I really feel quite fortunate to be in the company that I am because it has had some some positive effects on our business. Mm, that's that's really interesting. And what is the next stage for you? Um, you've mentioned now you have distribution in the U.S. You might be wanting to expand that. So what are goals that are on your table for 2022? So for 2022, first of all, Canada, um, we do want to continue to grow in Canada. So we're continuing to nurture that business. Um, But really, excuse me, focusing very much on the U.S. in terms of expansion. So Mm -hmm. we will continue to grow um, our retail doors um, in the U.S. And we're also in about two or three weeks going to launch a new line of powders 
Um, not everybody likes to swallow capsule shell. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a line yeah, coming in and something else in powder form. Yeah, exactly. So some of them are made to be blended into coffee or tea, and some of them are better blended into water or juice, smoothie, whatever. But yeah, so that's really exciting for us. And some of them are completely new uh, formulations that we don't have yet, new benefits. Mm. What is your definition of leadership? And do you think being a woman entrepreneur at the helm of your company uh, affects the type of leadership that you have? Oh, wow. Um, another really good question. <laughs> um, my definition of leadership, I think there's a lot of components that go into leadership. Um, but I certainly think that probably the two most important are vision and courage. Mm. I think those are the two critical things. You have to have a vision. You yourself have to have it. You have to know where you're going, et cetera. And then you have to be able to communicate it. And it has to be a vision that attracts people. Um, mm -hmm. You could have a vision. Uh, I think you'd probably still have leadership, mind you, but a vision that people aren't particularly interested in. But I think so that's part of it. But I also think leadership is very much about being courageous, being brave, mm -hmm. and making decisions that are not always easy, uh, but are that are in the best interest of, you know, whatever your fiduciary duty happens to be, whether it's to your shareholders, to your employees, et cetera. So I think leadership is very much that, is being mm -hmm. able to be courageous, make the decisions, and have that vision. To me, that's really what leadership is. And uh, the second part of the question around being a woman leader being specifically. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I've, you know, sort of I've read quite a bit on female leadership and I've also observed that I think women tend to uh, over communicate. And I mean that in a really good way. Yeah. Um, I think um, women are very, very communication focused um, and I think that certainly I am, I, I, I talk a lot, I explain things a lot. I, you know, and I think that has uh, definitely influenced, you know, my, I guess my style of leadership, the types of teams that I put together. Um, I, you know, I believe greatness is kind of at the heart of, I guess, my leadership style. I really do believe greatness resides at the intersection of people. I don't mm -hmm. think greatness resides in any one person's head. I mean, there are mm -hmm. exceptions. There are Einsteins out there. But by yeah, and large, yeah. if you're looking at a corporate environment, I think greatness really does exist at that intersection. And so as a leader, you know, or a manager of people, what you really have to do is find that great mix of diverse points of view that share the same values, not because... Mm -hmm. You don't share the same values, it's really hard to move forward, but still have a very diverse point of view and bring all those really smart people together. Mm -hmm. And so that what comes out of the middle of that, that intersection is really brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and I think communication is a really, really big part of that too, because you can't get that intersection of brilliance if you're not communicating or people aren't communicating among themselves. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question. It does, actually. Yeah, no, per perfectly so. Great answer. And uh, kind of a segue to that, what's what's your advice to young entrepreneurs and maybe women specifically who are thinking of starting a business, possibly in the greater wellness, you know, sector? Uh, what kind of what kind of tips would you have for them? 
Oh, I think it's just to be brave. That's always my biggest tip. Like if you really believe you have this amazing idea, of course you have to listen to what everyone says, your friends, your family. It's like you have to listen. You have to incorporate feedback. But really, you're the one who knows if it's a big idea because nobody will see it the way you do. And Mm -hmm. it's very easy for them to tear it apart, especially Mm -hmm. when it's not concrete yet. So my biggest advice is if you have a great idea, like do it. And entrepreneurship is not for everybody. I I think that that a lot of people would be very uncomfortable, but if you have that drive and that's who you are, then, then, then follow that drive and Mm -hmm. be that entrepreneur and change the world. Hmm. Words of wisdom right there. (laughs) That was well summed up. Um, What's one thing you wish women would understand or know about wellness? So assuming that it's something we haven't discovered or completely understood yet. Um, I think what I wish women would know, would do actually, it's more of a do than a no is to take the time to look at all the wellness products they have at home and Mm -hmm. read the labels. And if you can't read them, (laughs) if you can't read them, imagine if that were food and you couldn't read it. It's the same thing. It's not because it's a supplement that it should have all this stuff that you don't understand. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think that's from a wellness perspective, don't assume that it's because it's a wellness product, wellness or natural, that it's Mm -hmm. actually, that it actually is, you know, the word natural is not a regulated word, not in Canada and not in the U S which means you could have the word natural on a product. You could have it in your brand name and you could have a bottle full of synthetics and that's not illegal. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of products out there like that. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's something that is not not enough understood and and, and publicized for sure. Um, and then in kind of the same vein, what's one thing you wish women, well, you, you gave us already, but going maybe outside of wellness, what's one thing you wish women would do more of and one thing they would do less of? Huh. Um, what women would do more of is trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Always don't know if that is a specific to women thing, but I think women Everybody. have strong intuitions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's nothing taboo about that. Usually your intuition is telling you something really important. So I think that's what I wish women or people in general would do more of. Um And I think do less of is, you know, put barriers in your own way. There are a lot Mm -hmm. of people who will put barriers in your way. Um, You don't need to do it yourself. Other people will do a great job of doing that for you. Um, And that's what I think I wish women would do less of. I think women do that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's insecurity. Will I do it? Can I not do it? Oh, I could never do that. Oh, I'm not, you know, y- yeah, you can. And you're the only one who can determine what you can or can't do. And you can probably do a lot more than you think you can. So mm-hmm. that's what I wish women would stop doing is deciding they can't do it before they've even tried. I love how you phrase that. That's fantastic advice that should be printed on a t-shirt or on a well-told product. <laughs> that was great. Monica, thank you so much. It was thank really great you. hearing about your your story, the story behind the brand, wishing you a lot of success with what's coming up next. And I look forward to staying in touch. Terrific. Thank you. Thank you. 
I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women in Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thanks to Atleta for their support of our wellness series. Designed for women, by women, Atleta's clothing is offered in sizes XXS to 3X, empowering all women to lead active lifestyles with confidence. Atleta is a certified B Corp company and 70% of their products are made using sustainable materials. This commitment has diverted 1.1 million tons of fabric waste from landfills. Additionally, Atleta has contributed $1 million to their workers in fair trade certified factories. Shop Atleta at atleta.gapcanada.ca, visit Atleta at Vancouver's Park Royal or Toronto's Yorkdale Mall, and find them on Instagram at Atleta. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Marketing and digital growth, Kayla Gillis. And partnerships, Natalie Hope. Yeah.